welcome to Amago Season 1, Episode 13, Detoxifying the Bride. I'm your host, Vanessa Brown. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. 1 John chapter 3 verse 2. Again, this evening, we are in the Amago Studios with my friend Sam Bellamy. Sam is married and the father of three beautiful children. He currently serves at Increasing Faith Ministries as the associate pastor. Sam has a master's in public administration with a specialty in nonprofit management. He manages a portfolio of grant-making projects across nine counties as a program officer for a community foundation. Sam has increased the effectiveness of community and school-based mentoring programs, working with young men of color over the past 10 years as a mentor and youth development advisors. He uses his years of experience as a capacity builder and strategic implementer to offer youth mentoring programs, a variety of resources for capacity building, empowering programs to adopt and improve the mentoring practices that have a long-term, sustainable, positive impact. He has published and authored three books, Hidden Gems, Icebreakers, and just me, me, myself, and I. And he is here tonight to dig into part three of our conversation on detoxifying the bride. So let's go back into our conversation. So what do we, what do we do? How do, how do we, how do we detox the bride? So... Going back to that podcast, because, you know, I had a, I had a way, um, going back to the podcast, if I've tried to lose weight before, mm-hmm. now I've done it successfully in some areas, other areas it hasn't. <laughs> when, when you try to abstain from the thing that you are addicted to, you end up craving it and you want it more. Mm-hmm. And it's actually it's actually more painful to you to not have it. That's why diets and fad diets and don't all those other things don't work. Because if you've been used to artificial sugars, your body craves artificial sugars. Mm-hmm. So the only way to detox from the artificial sugars isn't to abstain from the artificial sugars, it's to replace the artificial sugars with the real stuff so much so that you no longer crave the artificial, the artificial sugars. So think about it like this. Have you ever been, have, have you ever been, you, I, I know you fasted. <laughs> mm-hmm. You ever been on a fast and when you come off the fast and you have a piece of fruit and you're like, dang, this apple is a lot sweeter than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. That's because you were used to an artificial sugar and now you have this real sugar, and it's sweeter than you ever rem- than your mm-hmm. body remembers. Mm-hmm. That's what we need. We need we need that blue magic, <laughs> so that P 
people will understand that, oh, this was an artificial word. This was a watered-down word, and you replace it with the stuff that your body actually needs to the point where you no longer crave the bad stuff. Like, if you eat a, a, a healthy diet mm -hmm. of, of your proteins and your vegetables and all that kind of stuff, technically, you're too full to eat junk food anyway. And then you start losing weight. You, you, when you give your body what it needs, it doesn't crave Good the job. bad stuff. If, if I have an addiction to porn, the, the, the answer to that isn't abstaining from porn. It's actually giving myself more to the righteous relationship that should be my wife. Right. So, so it's not to abstain from this. It's to have more of this. What you're supposed to have. So in the church, how do we, how do we detox? We need more of the righteous What they word. should be doing. We need more of what we actually need so that when we get the artificial stuff, it says to our brain, this, oh, isn't, what a, this isn't what I'm supposed to have. Right, right. And, and when we do that enough, now you don't even crave it. Now it's not even a temptation. You can stick a snicker bar right here, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Whereas before, you'd be like, ooh, candy. <laughs> and you, you just take it. Mm -hmm. um, and you do it so mindlessly, right? Mm -hmm. We don't realize that all that all artificial colors, sugars added, and all, that, all of that is, is a drug. And I think, <laughs> Sam, for me, too, part of, part of that is this prayer about revelation mm -hmm. um, is when you begin to ask God for the spirit of revelation mm -hmm. when you begin to ask God for the spirit of wisdom um, and he gives you that and he begins to open your eyes so that when you're reading and you're studying mm -hmm. and you begin to hear and see the blue magic of his word right when he begins to show you and yeah. and reveal and and then you see it and hear it for real when the fake stuff i don't want to say fake stuff when the watered down stuff comes it is it's like what is that what are we yeah. what are we doing what is it's like come on yeah. man like really like yeah. We still talking about whether or not women are supposed to be teaching the word or preaching. Like, what is, come? we still on this milk? Can Bible, we please? Hebrew 6. Can we please have yeah. some steak? Can y'all please feed me here? I'm like, I'm starving. I, yeah. Can you give me something that's going to sustain me? I, can I get some real word? Can, he says it. He says it. Can he, we get something that's. This is, this is the crazy thing about that. You know, you'll, you'll go to some places and you'll, you'll automatically know based off of the time of year what the sermons the, are going to be. The messages of the sermons are going to be. Um, and it's because, you know, if I give a, a preset uh, calendar of what I'm going to talk about, I don't have to study as hard. And if you're not studying, I can come up with whatever I want to say, and it still sounds holy. It still sounds like, like what it's supposed to be. But the goal of the gospel is to, my, my job as a, as, as, and I, I'm just, I'm, I don't want to say just, because I think just minimizes the role that I have. Mm -hmm. so, so I'm a, I'm a pastor. Mm -hmm. um, my job is to preach a gospel to you that, makes a portion of you die mm -hmm. slowly mm -hmm. every week 
you come back every single week and it, like a, a new part of you should have died. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm able to, to preach a word and you come back and you're still doing the same thing that you were doing last year or the year before or the year before, whether you know it or not or whether you are intentional or not, the word that you're preaching is not the word of God. Wow. Like that's like every everything in the body of Christ is a system and it, it all in that system it includes signs or fruits to let you know that the principle is working. Right. So if you are able to preach a quote unquote gospel Sunday after Sunday, year after year, year after year, and your church isn't growing, or your 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 um your members aren't growing. The body is not because growing. Because this is the thing. So you can you can um, you can grow in number, like your congregation can grow, right. but spiritually everybody can still be the same. Right. So you can either you can be in the ministry for twenty years, or you can do the same one year twenty times. Mm. So you didn't grow. So what you really look like is the children of Israel going around in the desert. Come on. Walking around in circles. Come on. <laughs> because you keep doing the same, same thing, thing over and over again. Just the rat you're, going you're, around you're in the wheel. preaching this gospel that's not effective. Mm-hmm. So the people aren't changing. So that's why you're able to get away with preaching the same type of messages over and over again. There are some, like, there are some messages in, in, in scriptures in the Bible that people still have never heard of. Like, I've never heard a, a pastor preach on the book of Amos. Mm. I've never heard anybody say, open up the book to Philemon. Oh. Like, I've, like, there are still books of the Bible that I've never heard anybody Taught. preach from. Right, right, right. And it's like, why is that? Why? Right. There, there are, there are, um, there are uh, principles in the Bible that have been set up for my success that have never been preached. So we're still on this name it and claim it type of thing and god is like you don't have to name and claim anything all you got to do is adhere to the principles that i gave you which is write the vision make it plain make a plan then go execute i will move the hearts of the people that need to be involved in this i will i will move their heart right all you got to do is show up Mm. all you got to do is exercise the dominion that i gave you we don't need to walk around jericho seven times that it you you don't need it go down there (laughs) like do what this I told so you to good. do. This is so good. So we get we get wrapped up in doing all of these things, but uh, the reason why I say it's 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 a watered down version is because the fruit's not attached to it. Remember when Jesus was walking and uh, he he passed the juniper tree. Yes. And he said, "Hey, this tree it has no fruit on no it. No fruit." And he came back the next day. He was like, "Oh, the tree still doesn't have any fruit." Like I feel like that was a warning. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I came by. You You better do something. You better do something. I came back by again. You're still not doing anything, so now I curse the tree. Well, listen, he didn't curse the tree because the tree wasn't necessarily producing. He cursed the tree because the tree was was stealing resources and wasn't producing with the resources that it was given. Mm. So it was taking nutrients from the soil, but you weren't producing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with what I gave you. Mm -hmm. So now you're you're perverting the system. Mm And all of God's systems work. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you are a part of it, you, you, should you be must producing. produce. So now if you are a church that's not producing. Mm-hmm. So I heard I'm gonna share this because uh, <laughs> I was listening to um, 
I mean, I was listening to Noel Jones uh, recently, mm-hmm. and um, he said that he was he was uh, at a church in, in Alabama, and he was he was giving a compliment to this uh, minister that he was um, he was visiting his church, and he was giving him a compliment because this young minister, I think he said, had been to at this church for three years oh, and he had you just sent us yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so he said that you know he uh he had been um had done very well and mm-hmm. he and then three years what did he say he had three thousand members 3, or something members. like three thousand members in the three years um but this other minister had been down the, the road and he had been there for 30 years mm-hmm. and what did he have like 10 members, 10 members. Mm-hmm. and the young man you know said that um that God had God had done this, you know. God had given him the, these three thousand members, um, and he said, "So what about the man, the, the pastor down the road? Are you saying that that God did that too? Because God is the same. If God gave you the three thousand in three years, and why why mm-hmm. hadn't God blessed this, this minister down the street? Because God is the same. He doesn't yeah. change. He doesn't have. He doesn't treat you any better than he treats me. He has no respecter of person. Mm-hmm. And I think that that." that just drove home for me like we we tend to have these excuses for why we are not producing right why are we not producing but because god is the same he doesn't favor me anymore over you he gives all of us gifts the problem is it's us it's we need to look at us we're the variable yeah we're the variable because if you're saying that God told you to, to start this ministry, to do this great work for him, mm-hmm. then it's not God that's holding up the blessing. It's not the people. It's, it's you and your effectiveness. Yeah. And when he shared that, I was just like, oh, wow. Yeah. Goes back to the talents. You know, God, God respects those who manages the resources that, that he gives. gives. Um, so a lot of times, you know, we have, we have, we don't have, or we do have, based on our ability to steward. To steward it. So if you don't know how to steward, I'm not going to give you more. I, that, goes back, <laughs> that goes back to your quote. What did you say? Confused people just don't. Is that what you said earlier? Confused people do nothing. <laughs> Confused people do nothing. But you know what else, though? What I learned in the Bible, sick sheep don't reproduce. Wow. So there's that. You just <laughs> just full up with quotes. You just just all full up. I just. That's it. Sick, sick sheep don't reproduce. Uh, I love that one, too, Sam. I love that one, too. So you were going to tell me, you were going to talk some more about the detoxification, right? Yes. Um, I wanted I wanted to give the definition for detoxification. It's a process or period of time in which one ab- abstains from or rids the body of toxic or unhealthy substances. Mm-hmm. And you told me that there were five ways that we could detox yes scientifically there are five ways that they detox individuals okay Um, 
I don't remember all five. Okay, but, but you were going to give, we were going, you were going to share with me a couple of ways. Two ways. Okay. In particular. All right. Um, the first way is is through additional medication or by by introducing another type of drug into the body that mimics the effects of what the drug is actually supposed to do. Okay, that's so, one. So so imagine uh, if I'm on, um, you know, cocaine, if I'm addicted to cocaine. I don't want you to go deep into it because I'm, I think I want there to be a part three. I just wanted you to, I just wanted you to tell me what the it's, two were and then we're going to go into part three. Yeah. Okay, I just want you to tell me what the two are. So it's a medical detox and then there's what they call a social detox. Those are the two... Those are two types. I won't say they're the most. Medical detox is the one that most people are most familiar with. But this social detox is something completely different. And I think that relates more to the body of Christ than the medical detox. You want to tell me about them? You want to, tell, you want to go ahead? You want to go ahead through them? I mean, it's, it's your world. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead and okay. talk about them. So in a medical detox, what they do, like I said, if you're, if you're on cocaine um, and... You know the 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 type of drug cocaine is a stimulant, so it's it's stimulating. And I don't know all the scientific thing without my notes in front of me, but essentially what they'll do is they'll give you another type of drug that mimics what a cocaine will right. do for you, and they give you you know uh, smaller doses of it so that your body gets used to the smaller dose and it, it lessens and lessens until the point where you no longer have to have that particular drug. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you liken that to the body of Christ, it's like saying, um, instead of having a prescribed, and, and I don't know why I'm using worship is, is the example, but instead of coming in the church and you have a preset three songs that you're going to play, what if uh, a medical detox for that would look like, instead of having three songs, we might still play three songs, but they might not be prescribed, meaning... That my my praise and worship leader might wait for the move of God to say, "This is where the service needs to go. We're going to sing this song," or 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 our our um you know our media team they might say, "Well, I know we're done with our three songs, but the the spirit is still moving. Mm-hmm. We might need three or four more songs mm-hmm. to just." saturate the place um so a medical detox would look like instead of just cutting out the three songs altogether we just change how we administer the the three songs Mm -hmm. we change the flow of the songs Mm -hmm. um we we listen to the spirit more to say i know we had this fast song scheduled next Mm -hmm. but the way the spirit is moving Mm -hmm. we need to take out this fast song and put another Mm -hmm. song that matches the flow of the spirit so that, that would be like a detoxing. You're slowly moving away from this prescribed way of doing things. Then you have uh, what, what, they, uh, what they call a social detox, meaning uh, I'm surrounding, I will surround you with enough positive support and peer groups to where you, you're not unto yourself. Like you don't have time to, to go off the, the ranch, if you will. So this is where you would go to, you know, let's say um, 
you might go to a rehab facility. Like beaches or somewhere, or, yeah, yeah. Right, or a retreat or, or, mm-hmm, or something a like that. Mm-hmm. A, a, a place where you can detox with a group, a support system. You got a, you got a, a, a check-in buddy and all mm-hmm. of the, like we, we fill your day with activities so that you don't have a, have a moment to think about this, this drug. Mm-hmm. If, we're, if the church is going to detox that way, it means that we need more pure services. We need, we need more small group Bible studies. Mm-hmm. Like Bible studies shouldn't just be on Wednesday. We might, you might need to check in every day. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it means you need more opportunities to connect with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Because one thing I've also realized is that we don't really know each other in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. We come to church. Um, I know that's where you sit at. I know that's your seat on the pew, but like, I don't know that you're struggling at home. Like we don't, we, the, the, the way church services are designed, um, they're not designed in a way where I get to know my brother or sister. Right. So how can I minister to you? How can I assist you? How can I do these things for you or with you? um, If I don't know you church, as we know, it doesn't give us the opportunity to do that. So if we were going to detox from that, what church could look like on a Sunday morning is we come in and I say, hey, Vanessa, how was your week? Mm-hmm. And we talk about all your struggles of the week. And then I pray for you. I pray with you. Um, and then I say, uh, let's say if you're having some specific challenges, well, now the whole church knows about the challenges. So instead of you going back home after praying, shouting, speaking in tongues and all those things because your light bill is about to, you know, your lights is about to get cut off. Now the other saints know. And instead of putting it in the offering, we're saying, hey, Vanessa, go home and pay this light bill. Mm -hmm. Don't come back to church no more and be under this pew because you don't have a starter for your car. Like the saints can fix that. Mm -hmm. Like, but if we don't have an opportunity to fellowship with one another, it doesn't happen. And that's what we're missing from church. In Acts, it says that the people came together, going from house to house, having all things preaching, in having all things in common, selling possessions and, and distributing to the people. There was not a need mm-hmm. in the place. Mm-hmm. And the Lord added daily mm-hmm. because needs were being met. Jesus never came out the gate addressing like... Um, your situation, he addressed your, a need first. Mm-hmm. Um, that was how he got your attention. He said, oh, you're hungry? I got some food. By the way, let's talk about Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Woman at the well. Yeah, you're thirsty, I'm thirsty, but let's, let's talk about this other thing first. Mm-hmm. So he, the way that he related to people was by fulfilling a need. Needs. We have people coming to church every Sunday that are that are returning back home the in worse shape they than in. they did when they came in right. because we're not fulfilling a need, mm-hmm. um, and and that's not what the body of Christ is supposed to be for. Like you should be able to come to a a a church family and leave differently, whether in your spirit or physically. Like I, you shouldn't be stressed paying tithes if you're about to lose your mortgage. Mm-hmm. Why are you a member of a church and you're about to lose your mortgage? Now, now I'm not saying that you can't be just grossly irresponsible with your finances and all that kind of stuff and you know, churches try to help you out in the past and you're just, no, I'm talking about those people who have been faithful mm-hmm. and they have a need. 
and they can't get that need met. Well, what kind of God do we serve if you can't get a basic need met? T.D. Jake said, we over here praying and snotting and doing all these things and, and under the pews for these miracles. You don't need a miracle. You just need a check. <laughs> like, like, this is the, you don't need to speak in tongues over this one, sis. Like, you need $100? I got you. Right, right. That's why, that's why I put you around other people because you, we need to lean on one another. Right. And, and that's how the church grew because we were fulfilling the needs and we were getting to know one another and we were being in relationship with one another to the point where now I care. That's, that's why that woman was able to knock door to door with these pots. She knew those people. Right. These wasn't strangers. That's why they were like, yeah, here, here you go. You need some, I got a little something over here. Hey, you going around? I got a pot. Like she was doing that because she had relationship with those people. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, we don't even know our neighbors. We don't. <laughs> so that, that could never happen now. And that's, that's all we're saying is that the, the body of Christ is no longer looking like what God desired the body of Christ to look like because we have conformed to this new way of thinking and new way of being without producing the fruit that the Bible says that we're supposed to have if we're doing the things that the Bible is telling us to do. So that leads me to think of one or two things. Either this word of God is not true or... There is a human element in there that is rendering this gospel useless. Now, the Bible tells us, let God be true. And every and man. every man a lie. Mm-hmm. And if we just testified of who God was in our lives, then, then surely he can be that to them. Right. So if he's not, is, who is, who's that on? It's, it's on us. It's definitely not him. So, so we have to get to the point where if we've, if we've been, ha- there is a church on every corner in this city. If this city is, is worse with a church on every corner, could it be because what's coming out of those churches is not pure gospel? We, we, we know that the world is getting in worse shape. Mm-hmm. It's supposed Darker, to, right? right? Um, we shouldn't pray against that, honestly, because mm-hmm. then we'd be like Peter, me, in the way. In the way. But we don't have the dominion that God says we're supposed to have. We don't have the fruit that God says we're supposed to have. We don't have the provision that God says we're supposed to have. There's a whole lot of things that that Bible says that God has promised us that we haven't fulfilled. And it's not his fault. Right. And as long as we keep looking at God as like he's some genie in a bottle, we will never get there. So if we just keep going to church like everything is normal, expecting that genie in the bottle experience, we're going to be disappointed with God. And it's not God's fault. So now we mad at God over something that he didn't even say he was going to (laughs) do. That's weird. (laughs) Isn't it, though? Um. When you said that scripture just now about um, with uh, Peter, I I think it's Matthew 16, when um, God tells Peter, get thee behind me. Mm -hmm. Um, It says something about um, that he has his mind on, let's see. 
He has his mind on things of the world and not on heavenly things. Uh-huh. And I think that that is, again, part of the piece of this puzzle with what's happened with with the conformity mm-hmm. and and why it has um why the bride has become kind of toxic or contaminated if we want to use yeah. that word um diluted lost I think focus that's, I think that's a good word yeah um is we just we just got we lost focus um it's it's easy you know when when jesus said i i haven't come to abolish the law but fulfill the law and do mm-hmm, much more mm-hmm. you know it's it's easy for the church to say i am i am fulfilling the law like i'm doing the things that god has asked me to do mm-hmm that may have been good for a different time, but now he's asking us to do much more. Not so much in our actions, but in our hearts. So we're, we're doing things that um, don't line up with the spirit. So he says, uh, you, you worship me with your lips. But your heart is far from me. So uh, we're doing praise and worship, <laughs> but ain't no praise and ain't no worship going, going forth. on. Right, right. Uh, we're 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 preaching on a sermon, but the gospel is not going forth. Mm-hmm. We are we are adding to our church roles and memberships, but ain't no disciples happening. We ain't converting nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, we're uh, we're we're bringing in tithes in the storehouse, but it's going rotten because it ain't going back out. And again, you, every time you <laughs> say that, something else comes to my mind. So um, the Bible study we did a, a couple weeks ago, again because Revelation comes, you know, you could you could have read something years ago, years ago, mm-hmm. but this revelation came to me a couple weeks ago. It wasn't. Now I'm understanding why Jesus said to Peter, when thou art converted, Mm -hmm. when Peter, then turn back, right? Then turn back and then help your brother and get your brother. Because even though he had been with Jesus all that time, Mm He, he wasn't really converted yet. His mind kept going back yeah. and forth because, again, there was one minute when he got the revelation about who Jesus was, Sam. Mm-hmm. He was there. He was, you know, yeah. thou art the Christ. And then the next minute he was, no, I would never let them crucify you. And that's when Jesus was like, hold up, bro. Your, your mind ain't, your mind ain't, where it needs to be. Yeah. You you got your mind on on human stuff. I need you to be in the spirit. But yeah. you were just in the spirit ten seconds ago, but now your mind back on 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 human stuff. Right? 
And then Jesus is going to tell him, Rob, before the cock crows three times, you're going to deny me. Absolutely. <laughs> so you, yeah. you think you, you wouldn't, but you're not really, you're not. You, when your mind is transformed, when you all the way, when you all the way converted, when you all, when you all the way, when you got this thing tied up, wrapped up for sure, then you turn back. When you have, when you are producing the fruit, when mm -hmm. you got the blue magic for real, <laughs> yes. When you got it for real, then you turn back. Yes. When you're producing the fruit, and that's it. I think it's, I think it's, a, it's the big difference from a person saying I am saved versus I'm being saved, because you know when I come to know Christ. I, I now have a direct access to him, but I'm still the old person. Mm -hmm. Like it's, there's, there's a process that has to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of people feel like when they come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ, they think that that's it. They think that there's no work after that. Like I'm, I'm already saved, so I'm good. I don't got to do anything else. Um, but it is a process. Oh, what a process. Like it is, yeah. It's a long process. I think, it, you know, um, when we first started talking and we were saying that everybody, based off of their relationship with God or Jesus Christ, has a different view of who he is. Well, if, if you become saved and you think that that's all there is, that means you, you've, you've, ended the possibility of knowing all the facets of who he Jesus is. is. Yeah. Um, which means there's going to come a time when you're going to be unprepared for a situation and it's going to shock you to your core and you're not going to have enough of a relationship with Christ to stay with him through the situation. Mm -hmm. And that's where we are at with, with the body of Christ now. We have, we have so many people who are so shallow with him that when life happens, when it hits, they just, God, how could you let this happen? Well, I mean, there's an answer for that. Yeah. But you didn't stay around long enough to find out the right, answer. Right. Um, so so that is where we're at. Like we we need we need that that stick and stay word. Right. And like we it's just like a natural relationship. Oh, there's we don't, me and my wife, we, we will fuss, we'll argue, and we'll do all those things. But we ain't going nowhere. Right. <laughs> Already <laughs> made that. I ain't going. You, you can get mad as mad as you want, but. You know I go downstairs. Right. Like, but that's about as far as we going, right? That's it. We, uh, we have made it so okay uh, to just say I'm, I'm done with God. And there are so many other um, options mm -hmm. that the world presents. Um, and all of those options sound great to a person that says, I want you to die to yourself. Wow. And, and, and you think about the doctrines of the world. We want you to live your best life. We want you to, we want you to get you. We want you to be happy. We want you, it's individual success. Like all of the things that God preaches against, the world has made it okay to mm -hmm. be that. So we're in the middle of it. It's like a kingdom war. And um, we, we've gotten to the place in the church where we have started preaching individual blessings. We've started preaching um, individual anointings mm. as if uh, the fivefold don't exist. I mean, 
how are you an apostle and you ain't under nobody? Mm. Like, how are you? I, I just there, there's just so many things that we've allowed to happen, and all of those. Thank you, um, Holy Ghost. So you know what it means to take God's name in vain. We used to just say, "Oh well, if you said, oh my God,' that's you, the Lord's name. That's mm-hmm. it." Taking God's name in vain means you are using God's name ineffectively. So that means if I tell you that God told me to go to McDonald's when I leave here, knowing good and well God didn't tell me that, that. I have rendered God's name useless. Mm -hmm. You say that enough times to a person. Like, like think about all the the people who say, the Lord said, said, the Lord said, uh, God told me to do this or, or uh, God knows my heart and then I curse you out. I'm watering down God's name to mm. the point where now people when don't When you say render, the Lord said, eh, I won't hear it. That don't mean nothing I've to me. rendered his name unholy. Wow. And I've, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, I've never seen God make a thing holy and then change his mind and say it's no longer holy. It don't matter if it's Old Testament or New Testament. His name is holy. Mm. That's it. Now, we've made it okay in the world, like saying, oh my God, it's, it's an acronym now. It's so regular. OMG. It's so regular that we, we take his name out of context that it doesn't even mean anything. You call on the name of God and it's just like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> it don't even mean anything. Um, and it's weird how we've allowed that to happen. It's so it's, it's a culture now. And um, no, one's, no one seems to think that that's wrong. No wow. one, everybody thinks it's okay. Like it's harmless. Like we've, we've watered down our relationship with God so much. And I, I've done it. I know I've done it. I probably will do it when I leave here because it's just so ingrained in me. Like, I'm quick to say Jesus is my homeboy. When did we get so casual with the King of Kings? Oh, I, I don't know, <laughs> Sam. I can't say I say that. <laughs> I, that's, that's why I said it's, it's so ingrained. Like, it's, it's so easy to, to use these references and use these terms. <laughs> like, you know, we'll, we'll make jokes and say, oh, well, God has a sense of humor. Well, who told you that? Like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what like what where is this doctrine coming from that allows us to approach him so casually so casually there is no reverence i'm with you there it doesn't it his holy is holy right it's always been that it, it's not oh because we are okay with it we now. try like, because we want to make people comfortable with the right, person we're trying to make people play with them if you like want jesus is your friend you can come through him any you can come to him any way you want and you can you can but he's still but you, holy your heart still your posture still has to be right, right. so so we can't in, in in an effort to try to be so um uh, so cool accepting. and so accepting and, and all of these things, we, we let so much slide, not knowing that we are perverting the name of Christ. Mm-hmm. We are perverting the gospel and we're wondering why we don't see those signs. We're wondering why we don't see the miracles because reality is when he went back and left the Holy Spirit with us, yeah, we... we Everybody should be, we should be walking mm-hmm. up and down hospital doors and That's saying, right. hey, you, Get don't, up. you don't got that no more. Like, but it's not like that. It's such a struggle. And the reason why it's such a struggle is because we don't have to, we don't believe this. I know. <laughs> and we don't want to say that, but there, there are people who are, who are teaching and preaching a word that they don't believe. Yeah. And it's evident in their own lives. And they, the fruit is, 
the way that this system works up, <laughs> if I throw this bottle in the air, it's coming down. Yeah. It is a law. It is a principle. Um, if the praises go up, the blessings. the blessings come down. If I be lifted up, I I'll will draw. draw. These are these are not. This isn't a <laughs> it's guess. It's just like gravity. <laughs> this, is, this isn't a happenstance. It's just like I'm gravity. Not, it's just like the law of gravity. This is. You, you see what I'm saying? I so, do. So if, I do. If you are saying that this is what you're doing and it's not happening, it, me, it either means the way that you are doing it is not right, mm -hmm. or the spirit in which you are doing it is not in the spirit in which He commanded you to do it in. Which Correct. means you need to go back to the Bible and say, "Did I hear you correctly?" And we're just so in ourselves can't that we're us. like, "Nah, I've been doing this for right." It can't be us. It can't be me. You know, it got to be the stiff-necked people. <laughs> mm. And it's so weird to me. And um, this is this is what church is like right now. And it's, um, you know, just the more you, the more you learn, the more you read, the more God reveals, the more you're wondering to yourself, how do I make it stop? How do I get back to what you said it was supposed to be? Um, and that's where I find myself in a struggle because my orientation is to get things right. My orientation is to not be wrong. And that gets me in trouble of, in and of myself because, you know, sometimes I get a little self-righteous because I don't want to be wrong. Like, God's working with me on that, but I recognize it. Right. And because I recognize it, the devil can't use that against me. So I'm still able to stand up boldly and say, this is what the Word of God says. And I'm confident that the Holy Spirit told me this, so mm -hmm. I'm saying it. Not because the knowledge says this is what's right. Like, I'm not relying on that. Right, I'm, I'm right. I'm telling you what the Holy Spirit said to me to tell you, mm -hmm. and I stand on that confidently, versus being able to read a scripture and say, oh, I think this is what it means, and then I give it to you. Mm -hmm. it's, it's two different things. So I, I, I do wrestle with that, mm -hmm. that's, but that's just me. But, but I feel like we, we should be in a place where we know what we've been doing isn't working. We either and do have something to, about it, right? We either have to admit that it's not working, and want to do better or stop doing it all together. Right. Depending on how large your congregation is, <laughs> because if you're a minivan congregation, you could probably back up 100 feet. You can do a three-point turn. You can say, you know what? We're no longer <laughs> going to do church this way. We're going to come in here next Sunday, and we're going to do it a whole different way, and nobody will bat an eye. But if you're like a semi-truck or a... Uh, you know, a, a tour bus size church, you got some other, like you can't just shut right, it all right, down. Right, and like, right, right, right. So we, but we have to come to uh, a, a reckoning that says, I am going to do this right. And I'm, I'm going to know that I'm going to do it right, not because of what I see, but because of what the fruit confirms. If there is no fruit, it doesn't matter how right I think I am, the fruit is not there, which means it's not it's not doing what God said it was supposed to do. Right. Um, and I think that the ego of man sometimes. Oh, that's good, right there. But that's mm -hmm. prevents us from acknowledging that maybe I didn't hear God 
the way that I thought I did. And that's the big part, Sam. It's the, I think it's the acknowledgement is, is key, you know? So yeah. it's the acknowledgement. But thank you. This, is, yeah. this has been phenomenal. Thank you. I had fun. You had fun? <laughs> I, I, I certainly wish that you would come back um, and we'll have some more conversations. Absolutely. Anytime. But we definitely need to uh, detox the bride. We're overdue. We're overdue. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us. Please make sure that you like um, and share the broadcast. Um, please make sure you download it. And please leave us um, some comments and uh, share some reviews. We uh, will be back here next Tuesday at 7 p.m. And as always, we will be just like him. <laughs>